The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Hello and welcome to Circling the Bases, proudly presented by Roto World and NBC Sports. I'm DJ Short and with me here once again is Scott Pianowski from Yahoo. Thanks to those of you joining us on Twitch this afternoon and for those of you listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube. Recording on Wednesday, which means it's time for another Waiver Wire Wednesday episode. It's been a while since we've had a chance to chat, Scott. We've been doing two episodes a week for a while. Uh, it's been a little spottier recently, but how you doing? Doing good. Sounds like I'm doing better than you. Uh, I know yeah. you're just getting off the uh, the football circuit with Roto Pat, getting the Roto World Football Magazine ready to go. So I'm looking forward to yeah. reading that. I'm looking forward to the U.S. Open this week, and hopefully we can find some unappreciated gems for everybody's fantasy rosters. Yeah. Uh, so we did the Football Magazine last week, the Roto World Football Magazine. It'll come out in. Uh, early to mid-July, so keep an eye out for that. We also have our our digital draft guide, which you can find uh, on NBCSportsEdge.com, uh, RotoWorld.com. Uh, definitely check that out. It'll be constantly updated, going into training camp this season, all that good stuff. This week, I was also in Cleveland for the FSGA conference, which was really fun to meet up with familiar faces, meet some new folks, learn, you know, you learn a lot about the industry being there. Um, so that was a lot of fun, but I'm ready to just be home for a while. <laughs> I'm ready to just fall back into my routine, you know, watch baseball every night from my couch. Like I, I can't wait. I probably will not watch the Mets because that will drive me insane. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see if they can get it going again. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to talking waiver wire because some of my teams could need some help as well so this is always a fun exercise to go through these names uh and sometimes you uncover some stuff that surprises you i think for sure and you said how, how unwatchable the mets are maybe right now you, did you know that francisco alvarez is the number one fantasy catcher over the last month it makes sense mm. it really does you know i mean i i wasn't expecting that just by virtue of you know, a rookie having to handle a pitching staff, mm-hmm. kind of the new rules. Like, I, I feel like maybe get in his head a little bit. I know he can be a little aggressive, too. So I thought maybe strikeouts would be an issue. But he's been better than Brett Beatty, which I, I thought Beatty would be the better fantasy Me too. option this year. So I'm a bit surprised. But, man, I, you can't doubt what he's doing. Like, he has light power, power, very quick hands. Uh, and in, at a time when the Mets are missing Pete Alonso, maybe for the next month, 
Uh, they need his power in the middle of the lineup for sure. Yeah, well said. I thought Beatty was going to be the better initial player too, and it hasn't played out that way. And with Alvarez, just two really just uh, – you can't pick him up in most leagues, although he's actually – his ownership tag is surprisingly low in Yahoo. It's in the 50s, so I guess you're getting like a bonus pickup if you're in a really shallow league. He's moved up to the second spot in the lineup, and as we've yeah. talked about on earlier episodes, his defense has been better than expected, so there's, that's yeah. not a barrier of entry for him to play. I think at this right. point, the Mets get to roll him out five or six times a week. I think maybe even Absolutely. give him DH time. And right. again, um, his his tag's a little bit too high to be properly included in this program, but I guess it's a bonus pick for you. So uh, approved for all fantasy audiences, one catcher, two catcher, it doesn't matter. Yep. And uh, now let's uh, let's put you under the under the pressure, man. You're on the clock this week, okay. and one of your pickup guys is somebody on my Tout Wars team, so I'm all for Jock Peterson having nice okay. things said about him. Why don't you talk about Jock Peterson for us? Yeah, so Jock Peterson, I feel like he's flying under the radar here. He's actually missed some time this season. Hand contusion, inflammation in his right wrist, but when he's been on the field, he's been very good. Had a two-homer game Sunday, uh, came into Wednesday's action, hitting 286, seven home runs, 24 RBIs, 20 runs scored, 940 OPS across 33 games. Those are monster numbers. Peterson's making more contact so far this year, drawing more walks, hitting barrels at an an elite elite rate. His expected batting average is at 295, so his actual batting average is 286. So he's earning everything he's doing right now, and you should absolutely take advantage of the situation. Peterson available in 67% of Yahoo leagues. That's got to change. Yeah, I guess the only downside to him, and this goes for Lamont Wade Jr. also, is probably in a hard platoon. Won't get those left-handed at-bats, but that does keep the ratios in a good spot. So some formats are more platoon-friendly than others. If you're in a format that actually you know you make daily changes or maybe even bi-weekly changes, I think Peterson becomes a little bit more playable in those groups. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, Mitch Hanniger uh, got hurt, fractured, forearm. Uh, J.D. Davis sprained his ankle. They've mm-hmm. had some call-ups there. Um, maybe that means Peterson plays a bit more against lefties. You know, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I think if used properly, uh, Peterson can help any in any league. The past two years, he's hit for average. And we know he has the power, too. He's a proven power producer. So uh, no way he should be available in as many leagues as he is currently. I sign off on that. I'll give you another player who I think is grossly under-owned and let me tell you some bad things about Michael Taylor. He's 5% rostered in Yahoo, so I'll start with that. Uh, yes, does he bat ninth for Minnesota? Yes. Uh, yes, he's striking out 34.4% of the time against 4.8% walk rate. Yeah, those are bad things, but 11 for 11 on steals. And he's for on a team that doesn't really like to run that much, but they're giving a green light to Michael Taylor. He's got 10 home runs and a really good defender. Now, we know they had one of the best defenders in center field, Byron Buxton. They've apparently just said, well, we just want Buxton to be a hitter, let him stay healthy. Michael Taylor is going to be in this lineup. I know the 237 average probably makes people nervous. That's around his career average. That's probably what you're getting from him. That's a little bit of a ding. It's not a kill shot. When it's tied to this much category juice, I'm interested. Yeah, maybe in the shallow formats, three outfielder formats, you wouldn't be rostering Michael Taylor. I get it. But 5% roster tag for somebody who's on pace to go like 22 25 or something like that I, yeah I, I think this guy needs a little bit more respect i agree and then, you know at a time that players are stealing more bases he's one of those players that gets the like a little another nudge up in terms of value if he's running a bit more so uh yeah i think taylor deserves some more attention even with the flawed approach for sure before we move on here just a reminder download the roto world app to receive breaking player news all season long 
Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available in your app store today. And if you favorite Christian Encarnacion Strand, you might get an alert that he's being called up to the majors. I, I think we are days away from that happening. Of course, lots of excitement with the Reds right now. Ellie De La Cruz is wowing us on a regular basis. The Reds have Matt McLean at shortstop. He's been great. Uh, Andrew Abbott in the rotation. He's been effective so far, even with some walks, uh, some control issues there. But promising future. A lot to like for the Reds moving forward. And Carnacion Strand, the next name to watch here, came over to the Reds in the Sp- with Spencer Steer in the Tyler Malley deal with the Twins last summer. And Carnacion Strand has just been tearing it up in AAA, hitting 361, 17 home runs, 1165 OPS over 43 games. And we're not talking about the Pacific Coast League, where you look at those numbers and you're like, eh, he's doing this in the International League. And with those crazy numbers, Encarnacion Strand is actually striking out less than he did in his previous two seasons in the minors. He's also drawing a lot more walks. It was actually an interesting article. You can seek it out. J.J. Cooper from Baseball America uh, wrote an article on his approach where Encarnacion Strand does an unusual amount of damage on pitches outside of the strike zone, essentially chase pitches. These are pitches where uh, hitters usually do quite poorly, but he's thriving. It's fair to wonder how sustainable this is against major league pitching. Uh, but while there's questions to answer here, and Carnacion Strand has serious power, will find himself in a great situation in Cincy, not just the ballpark, but the lineup. I think we get the call up any day now. So you got to get ahead of the market and stash. He's available just about 70% of Yahoo League. So people are starting to get the, the message here, uh, but make sure he's rostered. Yeah, for sure. And um, not not two totally different players, but De La Cruz has looked so good that I it, maybe it just adds a little bit more excitement to this Reds team. It seems like they sure. did well on that Mally deal. Steer's been a good, if unspectacular, player for them. Yeah. And this is I still think this could be a destination offense. I know it's maybe yeah. underperformed through the first third of the season, but with some of these reinforcements coming, uh, this is this could be a fun team. I think they're going to be a team that's going to contend in a year or two. It's not a great division right that now. Division is terrible. He has. They have a chance. They have kind a of quasi contenders right now. For, anybody, for sure. well, anybody has a chance in the NL Central for sure. Yeah. So, so I've had trouble DJ finding pitching all year, and so I've admittedly moved the bar down. And when I see Dean Kramer over the last like six weeks getting the array of three point five, five wins in eight starts, uh, ten walks against forty strikeouts for the Orioles, I'm like, okay, you know what? I can do something with this. It basically makes him a top fifty starter over that span, and he had runs of relevance last year. His most recent yeah. start was a, a strong six-inning quality start against Toronto. He had a decent start against the Giants, a decent start against Texas recently. We know how good their lineup is. D- Dean Kramer's not going to be a star. Dean Kramer's not going to be a, a fireball strikeout guy. Not, none of that. But basically, if I can find somebody who every time he picks up the ball, I think he can go six innings and maybe allow two or three runs, that's playable in the in the size of the mixed leagues I play in. Like TGFBI is a 15-teamer. My hometown league is a 13-teamer. That's who I'm pegging Dean Kramer for. It's not for the 8- and 10-team leagues. You can leave them on the waiver wire. But in those deeper mixed formats, I think there's some playability to Dean Kramer. Uh, it's funny you mentioned the Orioles here because our next Peacock game this Sunday uh, features Baltimore going to Wrigley Field uh, to take on the Cubs. Red Hot Gunner Henderson, if you've seen his numbers recently, he's basically hitting 500 so far 
uh, this month. So Gunnar since, Henderson since, since I dropped him, since I dropped him in the friends and family <laughs> yeah, a month ago, a he's, he's basically him. become Cal Ripken Jr. And also, I believe Dean Kramer is starting in that game too. Okay, there, there you go. Perfect, perfect. So Gunnar Henderson actually has a 130 OPS plus right now, believe it or not. Uh, and Bobby Witt Jr.'s OPS plus is 90 right now. Uh, but even with like all the fantasy relevance he's given you, like the counting stats are there, but he's been a disappointment. But Gunnar Henderson and those Orioles take on Dansby Swanson and the Cubs. First game of the day on MLB Sunday leadoff. This week, the action gets started at 1230 Eastern time. So definitely check that out. Should be a fun matchup. I'm also going on the pitching side here. I'm going to start with a reliever, Scott McGuff. He is available in 79% of Yahoo leagues. McGuff was in Japan the last four seasons. The Diamondbacks signed him during the offseason. He basically reinvented himself there in Japan, served as a closer, had 69 saves uh, in his last two seasons in Japan. Got off to a shaky start this season, but he has been on fire recently, allowing just one earned run with 23 strikeouts in his last 18 innings dating back to May 9th. That's a 0.50 ERA. Miguel Castro was kind of the right-handed part of this save situation for the Diamondbacks. Andrew Chafin is still very much in the mix there, but Castro has faded a bit recently. Saw McGuff get a save on Sunday, and he has a chance to take a prominent role in a, in a bullpen for a team who has been one of the biggest surprises this season, one of the, one of the best teams in baseball so far. Uh, Corbin Carroll is lighting it up every night on a regular basis, showing off the power and the speed. Uh, this Diamondbacks team is good, so I, I think you want to get a piece of this bullpen. And McGuff is someone out there who's still not getting much attention. And, and unfortunately, the the crime dog nickname already belongs to Fred McGriff, <laughs> which is such a shame because it would be a natural for McGuff. But I agree with you. Arizona is probably the team that's played the best that I feel that's gotten the least amount of public attention for it. You, you know, yeah. people are like, oh, is it cute that the, the Pirates are are playing well? Or, oh, look, Texas is the highest scoring team in baseball. I don't know where the love is for Arizona. Yeah. And every time I look at the NL West standings, I'm just used to thinking, okay, the Dodgers are in first, right? Oh, the Padres are in first. Maybe the Giants are in first this year. It's the, it's the Diamondbacks. They have a deep lineup. They have a decent rotation, as you mentioned, an interesting bullpen and when you're looking for those bullpen fortification guys you go where the wins are right go with somebody who's getting leverage work for those winning teams and you know mcguff checks all those boxes you know dj i always with a little bit of reservation that i recommend anybody on the oakland days and look as a person as a human i'm just kind of excited that they have a winning streak going they had that game right with the reverse boycott let's show Mm -hmm. up let's show that we want to keep our team and they beat tampa bay no less who's obviously the team of the year this season that was really exciting Mm -hmm. but then i look at at ryan noda and he just seems to fit so much of what an oakland a player has become right a guy who was in the the minors pretty long and and wasn't appreciated his career minor slash was 264 407 486 but he never got a chance to play in the majors until this year. And what has he done for Oakland? 254, 409, 449 slash. I mean, those walks certainly play. He bats second or third on a regular basis. He's shown some power. He's got seven home runs in 64 games. Look, I realized that I was in on the Brent Rooker experience, which was like one unbelievable month, one horrible yeah. month. He's kind of been in the middle of the pack in June. Maybe yeah. he's still playable. We've talked about other guys in this lineup who have been in and out. You know, Seth Brown, he looks good one minute. Then the next minute he's hitting like 190. Because Noda has such great back control and such, I'm sorry, with such great um, plate discipline, I think he might have maybe more staying power than some of those other guys. I think he may bat second or third, albeit in a weak lineup for the yeah. rest of the year. And you know, he showed power in the minors. He even stole 20 bases last year. 
right. think he might be the player. I've been chasing this with Rooker. I've been chasing this with Seth Brown. Maybe the player I've really been looking for all along is Ryan Dota. Yes, yeah. Uh, I think he's I think he's going overlooked just by virtue of the A's being terrible, but they have won seven in a row, which is pretty incredible. Credit to them. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, outlast the 1962 Mets. I think that's still up in the air, but seven seven wins. That's a good chunk there. They have a chance to avoid uh, history in a bad way. We will I would see. love it if they could somehow find an 11th hour solution and stay in Oakland. It's just, of course. Know. Yeah. I know. I don't think it's a given that Vegas will happen either. I, I think it's like it's a very leverage kind of situation. And I, I don't know if Vegas will, you know, want to pay for a ballpark and like there's so many things still to be worked out. So I don't think for it's sure. a sure thing, but I think one foot is out the door for sure. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Next up for me is, a, is an injury stash and a pretty interesting one. Tarek Skubal. He underwent flexor tendon surgery last August. Still making his way back from that, but what we've seen so far, really encouraging. Scooble is now two outings into his minor league rehab assignment. He's allowed one run in five innings, no walks, seven strikeouts. The velocity reads have been really encouraging as well. Scooble has been in the mid to high 90s range with his fastball. Slider, high 80s, that power slider we saw a lot of in recent years. Scooble is slated to make his next rehab start Thursday with AAA Toledo, so tomorrow. Likely still a couple of outings away, but this is a guy who's shown a lot of potential the past two years and someone who could make an impact on mixed league staffs the rest of the way. So I think if you have an IL spot open, he's well worth a stash. We know how hard it's been to pick up reliable starting pitching. And it's easy to like stash the prospect who's you know just been called up or whatever. But if you have an open IL spot, it's kind of just like a free sneak preview kind of thing comes back you see how he looks in his first start i'm pretty confident with the stuff that he has that he can be good and helpful uh this year so uh definitely keep your eye on his progress right now i love that call i think he's a great il stash you know look at last year he struck out a batter per inning he only walked 2.4 batters per nine and he only allowed 0.7 home runs per nine that 3.52 era was misleadingly high his fip actually comes under three it's 2.96 he potentially could be a number one, number two starter. That, that's how you good Scooble's ceiling is. And so why not, especially, especially you mentioned the IL designation, especially if you have a free spin here, get out ahead of the curve. And then you, you, you can sometimes, if you don't have anybody else get hurt, you can even have the benefit of watching his first couple of starts. He can still be on your IL stash if you don't need to use that spot. And right. you can see what you're getting into. And the Tigers, they're not a great team, but we talked about how bad the NL Central is. The AL Central has tinges of that, too. Detroit is kind of a quasi-contender, although they've fallen on hard times recently. They had a horrible yeah. week until the Braves came to town. But yeah. remarkably, they got a win against Atlanta. But, yeah, I think that's a great call for Scooble. Now, I mentioned D. Kramer earlier, which is, again, you know, my 
I'm hoping he's a top 50 starter. That's kind of where I'm at with Griffin Canning, who's been solid recently. Maybe it's a little bit with smoke and mirrors. He's got a 3.07 ERA in his last five starts, but the FIP chases well over four. But at least the walks and strikeouts are in the right place. He's got 29 strikeouts against just six walks. Canning's on a few of my rosters where I'm just going to play the matchup game. There's certain teams I will not start him against. When the matchup looks good, then maybe I'll plug him in. Maybe it may be who, how strong is the opposing pitcher. But he's also shut down some pretty good offenses. He had seven scoreless against the Red Sox. He had six innings against Houston, only allowed one run. And his last start against Seattle, although he did allow three on runs, it was no walk, seven strikeouts. It's There's not a lot of obvious answers in pitching right now. So Griffin Canning, again, much like Kramer, the eight and ten team leagues, you need to get somebody better than this. But I think Griffin Canning at least should be on rosters in those medium and deep mixed leagues. Yeah, one name I was going to mention, I'll just throw him out here too, is Garrett Whitlock. He's looked better since coming off the injured list. Uh, has a good schedule coming up. Velocity's been better since coming off the IL. He's pitched better. So, like, his season stats are not overly impressive. But his last three starts since coming off the IL have been really good. So, another one, you know, you could take a shot on, play the matchups. Uh, gets the Rockies, I believe, tonight, which is why I did not recommend him. Because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, I don't want to look. Right, silly, that, used to be, that used to be your Thursday ethos when you wrote the waiver wire call. Oh, yeah. You try to shy away from the Thursday guys. And every once in a while, I remember one time you were going to pick somebody in the Brewers, you didn't pick them, and you struck out like 13 guys or something. But, uh, it happens. Sometimes yeah, it works it in both directions. Sometimes. You know for what I mean? Sure. You want to look like for a sure. genius, but sometimes you look like a fool. Uh, so, next up for me, my final name for this week is Owen Miller, somehow still available in 52% of Yahoo leagues, former Cleveland Guardian, qualifies at three positions in Yahoo first base, second base third base, hitting 308, 344 on base, does a little bit of everything, has nine steals, four homers, has primarily played second and third for the Brewers this season, but true super utility player for them has also played some first base, some outfield. Over the past 30 days, Miller has been a top 10 fantasy second baseman. He's been splitting time between the cleanup spot and the leadoff spot in recent days for the Brewers, so good lineup territory as well. We know that's a good home ballpark. To me, there's no reason he shouldn't be rostered everywhere, especially with all the injuries we have seen in recent days. He's a great plug-and-play on a daily basis. Uh, if you can, if your lineup allows for those daily lineup changes, you can see like what matchups you like. If the team's not playing, you can plug him in there. He's super handy to have on your roster right now. So make sure Owen Miller gets over that 50% mark. Yeah, I'm surprised he still qualifies, but he does for the segment. I think he's a great call. And because my pickups this week are sponsored by the number nine slot in the batting order, I'll give you a number, another number nine hitter. Number nine? Yeah, number nine, exactly. Number nine, number nine, Revolution nine. Look, <laughs> at least I'm giving you a number nine hitter in the best lineup in baseball, which has been the Texas Rangers. I don't think anybody saw this coming. Leody Tavares is doing things. He's making improvements, right? He's making more contact. His walk rate has gone up. We know he has a little bit of power. We know he has speed you know so five homers six stolen bases aren't bad through a third of the season is slash 301 361 464 that's a 127 ops plus and okay so he'll probably get that one less at bat most games but when he gets on base then marcus simeon comes up or Corey seager comes up those guys knock him in and if anybody were to get hurt again if like say seager got hurt again i think tavares may percolate with these skills to the top of the lineup yeah, bottom line is I want paths to the Texas lineup. It's it's gone on too long. I'm not saying it's the best yeah. lineup in baseball, but it's been that so so far to the point that I have to figure it'll be a top five lineup the rest of the, the rest of the season. And because Tavares right now is filling every category, I mean you know, he, he's not a negative in any category. Even 26 RBIs yeah. are pretty good for guys only played 52 games from the nine spot. I I think this is here to stay. I'm, I'm surprised people have been slow to pick up Tavares. 
So I have a question for you to close the show. I don't have a sure. big, no draft here today uh, because I don't think I can possibly last another 15 minutes with the way I'm feeling. But today, what is it, June June 14th, mm-hmm. Rangers or Diamondbacks, who do you believe in more uh, moving forward this season? It's a great question. You know, I Rangers think, without DeGrom. You know? Of course, sadly. Um, I think the Diamondbacks have better depth. I think the Rangers have more interesting stars. Yeah, the division of the NL West is, is such a harder division now. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lean Texas. That's a great question. I'm going to lean Texas, but it's really close. It is really close. I think I'd lean Rangers too. The Mariners have been disappointing, uh, losing Robbie Ray. They can't hit. I, I I don't really believe in them as much. The Angels, I think, have the most like upside of any team in that division, but we'll see. Uh, the Astros are there, but they've had a lot of injuries in their rotation. Uh, Jose Abreu has been better in recent days, but still overall very disappointing. You know that Jose Abreu has a lower slugging percentage than Miles Straw. I tweeted that today. Oh my God, uh, is it that bad? Uh, it, yeah. You know we, we haven't done, we haven't done a, a, dra- a drop or keep or whatever we call it segment in a while. I mean, is Jose Abreu somebody you could drop? Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. Uh, in recent days, you at least can like talk yourself into hanging on to him. Same with like Josh Bell, who's I mean, been really. Slash I, I knew slash line was bad. I didn't know it was 225, 282, 297 bad. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So you know the Astros are not they're not the team they've been in recent years. I, I think the chance is there for the taking for the Rangers. Uh, so yeah, I would agree. I think the Dodgers will hit their stride. I think the Padres are too good to be this bad. Um, yeah, I yeah, I'd have to go Rangers, but it is it is close. You know, I want to say this. You have my permission out there, gentle listener. If there's somebody you want and Jose Abreu is the keep the the cut that you've landed on, I'll sign off. He's 36 years old. At some point, the circus leaves town for everybody. And Houston, right. it used to be just any piece of the Houston lineup. You know, some of these other lineups we were talking about. So yeah, I want in on that lineup. I don't have that feel with Houston. It's easy to say that now with Alvarez hurt, which is a gaping hole in their lineup. True. But till July, break. apparently. Yeah, Bregman, you know, hasn't been the guy we wanted him to be. Obviously, they missed Altuve for periods of the year. He's back now. But uh, Kyle Tucker has been a mild, one of those mild disappointments. He's not killing you. And I, th- I always think Kyle Tucker at any point could just start ripping up the game. And maybe he will. He's yeah. had slow starts before. But Houston, this is not the Houston team I thought we were getting two months ago. And if you want to cut Jose Abreu, because look, even last year, right? I mean, he hit 304. He only hit 15 home runs. I mean, yeah, you know, it's not going to run at all. We know that. Um I'm I'm nervous. I'm nervous that Jose Abreu. This could be a cliff season for him. Yeah. Didn't he sign a three-year contract? Sounds right. Yeah. Oof. That could look bad. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that AL West. It's there's new blood in that division for sure, and it, it might be the Rangers after all the money they've spent. No Jacob Degrom, but apparently no problem for that team as long as they score runs. So uh, good stuff, Scott. Remember to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate and review if you like what you're hearing. Also, follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Scott is at Scott underscore Pianowski on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Take care, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. 
So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 